Welcome back, friends, to today's episode of the Reynolds Wrap Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Reynolds, and this podcast is meant to help encourage and bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus. If you haven't already done it, go ahead and hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. And also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and online at rayreynoldswrap.com. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back. It is a joy to be with you today in Reynolds Wrap, and I hope that you have had a good week so far. I want to begin by saying uh, I need to apologize for the podcast launching on Wednesdays instead of Tuesdays for the last few weeks. I actually missed a week because of the hurricane, and obviously we're still out working, uh, delivering meals, and helping with doing tree work, and just about anything else we can do to help people. Yesterday, I had the pleasure of being able to distribute some chicken donated from North Alabama Christian Children's Home, and uh, it came from Tyson, and so we had 2,000 pounds of chicken fingers to distribute. That was really an exciting thing to put it on Facebook. That's all I did. I think I may have put it on Instagram, but anyways, uh, when I got to the building, we had about 100 cars lined up. No joke. You go check our Facebook page, and you'll see people were lined up out into the highway to come in and get um, some bags of chicken. So it was a, a very good day, uh, but it has been busy. And so I, I do tend to try to get those things done first before we focus on the podcast. So I want to encourage you again to go check out our website, uh, com. Also want to encourage you to check out uh, com. I a good for, a couple good friends of mine uh, have their own podcast, but I highly recommend Ben and Travis. I I don't know any other podcast that's more entertaining and more down to earth, just honest, humble. It's just a very, very fun, encouraging podcast. You need to check it out. So today I want to talk about communication. I want to talk about being able to be the type of person that handles your own business in an attitude of Matthew 18, speaking the truth in love, uh, as well, and from Ephesians, and also being the type of person who's not afraid to engage, uh, to be able to talk to someone about something that's on your heart. Matthew 18 teaches us that we're supposed to go to our brother or our sister if we have a problem. And this is one of my pet peeves. It always has been for many, many years as a Christian, is that we do not practice that kind of good communication and and conflict resolution like we should, like Jesus taught us. And so I want to, I want to take that from the perspective of recognizing that people have a bad day or a bad week or a bad year. They may have a bad attitude all the time, but when someone expresses to you that they're frustrated or they're unhappy or they disagree with you, that is just in that particular moment. It's not something that you need to let carry on through. You don't need to waste your time dwelling on it and thinking about how that person must hate your guts because they said something negative. Sometimes people just say things. You have no idea uh, what's going on in their life. You have no idea what the problems are that they might be facing. As just a clear point as an example, and then I'm going to talk about our our, our context, our, our main point for today. But just this last Sunday, we were sitting in a restaurant and uh, I was there with uh, Misty, Carolyn, Carter, uh, Billy Louise. We were all at um, a restaurant in downtown Foley and we were enjoying our meal. Uh, well, let me start. Let me back up just a, just a hair. 
So we came in, we sat down. Our waitress was a little scattered, like she's just a little little scattered. And um, she she took our order. She had to come back and take our order again. She was she was having a bad day. We didn't know what was going on for a little while because we were too busy talking. And um, she comes out. It's it takes. We were there at least two hours, maybe two and a half hours. Um, but she takes her order takes her drinks, comes back, you know, I didn't get my drink for a while, finally get my drink, and then she never, she didn't refill it, it took an hour to get another refill, and I just quit asking, um, but then she comes and she brings the salads, and she spills the entire, she's bringing the salad dressing, by the way, one at a time, or two at a time, uh, not to the whole table, and she drops one, she's not got a plate or anything, and she drops one all over Billy and Louise, and so they're cleaning up that mess, and then she gets the drinks wrong, and she does this wrong, and she's just having a really, really, really bad day, and she didn't bring me my salad, uh, and then when she did bring me my salad, uh, I talked to her about 20 minutes later, the salad comes, and she didn't have salad dressing, so I had no salad dressing, so this goes on, so for, I probably sat with a salad in front of me for 45 minutes with no salad dressing, and she came back to fill a drink for somebody and she was crying. And, uh, we, you know, we're sitting there, they're all enjoying their meal. And we're talking about how this is, this is arguably the slowest service, maybe the worst service that I can remember, not because of the waitress herself. She was, you know, fine and polite, but just, it was slow, slow, slow. And there was only maybe 10 people in the restaurant <laughs> besides us. And there were two waitresses. And then there was another lady that was helping the seats. It turns out that was the owner. And uh, and we could hear her. It sounded like crying. She comes back out, and we all ask. We're like, you know, we're talking around the table. Because we were talking about how bad service was. So, is she crying? Was she crying? And Carter's like, yeah, she's crying. So, we, we when she comes back the second time, like, tears are streaming down her face. So, I got up. Again, I still don't have salad dressing. Like, I'm not even eating yet. Everybody else is done with their salads. And so I, I stand up and I walk over to her and I say, can I give you a hug? And she's like, yes. And she just breaks down and I just held her there and she cried and she cried and she cried. And I told her, I was like, I don't know what's going on. You don't have to tell me, but I'm going to pray for you. You're going to be all right. You can do this. And she's like, I'm just having a really bad day. And I said, Hey, look, we all have bad days. Don't worry about it. We're a table that completely understands. We're not going to say anything. You know, we're not going to bother you. You know, you just bring what you can when you can. If I don't eat, I don't eat. You know, I didn't tell her that, but uh, we're basically just trying to keep her, keep her from breaking down again. It was just so sad. So she leaves our table, goes to another table. And, uh, one of the ladies at at one of the tables screams out to her and she's like, are you okay? What's your problem? And that didn't help. And finally one couple got up and left. They never received their food. They just had their drinks. They just got up and left. And, uh, so she goes back towards the kitchen area and to make a long story shorter <laughs> is she, this, they engage in this yelling match and it turns out the owner is screaming at her, like just screaming at her and the whole, uh, the whole area. I mean, we had, there was one table, it was an older couple, a younger couple, and they were laughing. I mean, cause it was so embarrassing. It was just like, they were yelling back and forth and, you know, and the, and the owner's like, you're fired. And just, you know, fires are right there in front of everyone. You know, they're, they're off around a side thing, but I can see their heads bouncing around, you know, in between the lattice work. 
and the owner's just yelling at her, and then one of the cooks yells at her, and then the cook leaves. I don't know where he goes. We never saw him again. And so she comes out, and then there's an older, another older lady that was there, and she's upset. And so the waitress comes back out to our table. Now, I finally have salad dressing, but I don't have any food. Somebody else brings the food, and I never got my, I didn't get my food for like another 30 minutes. And uh, so they bring, they bring the food out, and she comes out bawling again. And, of course, I stand up, like, what's going on? And then another lady comes over and stands with her, and... She's like, I just got fired. I just lost my job. We're like, yeah, we heard. <laughs> we, we, we heard this. And she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, um, of course, Billy and Louise are like, well, we've, you know, she's, we've seen her. She's done waitressing for years and years. She's worked at two other restaurants. This is the third restaurant. She, she really liked this one. And, man, I mean, just to get fired in front of all those people. So she breaks down and cries again. And she goes back into the kitchen, and the owner's yelling at her again because she's, she's upsetting the guests. Because we're all concerned about her. We're thinking, what is wrong? I mean, I, I don't know what she did. She obviously did something to provoke this owner. Well, then the owner decides she's going to come up and stand and watch all the interaction that she has with the customers. And so um, we were there, like I said, two hours, maybe two and a half hours. I finally got my food after everybody was finished, and I ate it super fast. And they really wanted us to have dessert. Um, but we did not have dessert. <laughs> we were you were done. And so Carter leaves a uh, real quick. And then sadly he was in a really bad car wreck within 10 minutes from leaving the restaurant. So, um, his mom and grandma take off to, to go to him. And I waited a little bit to try to get the check and she didn't come with the check. I mean, would not come with the check because they were still fighting in the back. And so I got up eventually Misty called and said, can you come? And I said, yeah. So Billy took care of the check for everybody. And I don't know how long he waited, maybe another half hour before the check came. But it was a reminder to me that when you have bad service, whenever you're going through something like that, and I'm, I'm on the road, by the way. So if you hear road noise, I should have mentioned that at the very beginning. Whenever you deal with someone who's giving you bad service, it may not have anything to do with you. It may be that there's something going on behind the scenes. This woman was under duress. I mean, she was like frustrated. She was sad, whatever. And, you know, I learned in that moment as, and I've learned it before, but I was, I was one of the complainers. I was like, what is this lady's problem? I mean, you know, I don't have my food. (laughs) I mean, I should not have to wait. And yes, we tipped her big. I mean, you know, you would if the, you knew your waitress is being, you know, fired. But this lady was going through just a really tough time, and every time she went to the back, she was getting screamed at. That's why she was she was taking so long to get things out. And so we need to be compassionate, and we need to be understanding. The other thing that we need to remember is that whenever people are going through difficult stuff, don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. I know that this woman may have been a little embarrassed. I know her owner hated it because I got up and hugged her and told her it was going to be all right. That I'd be praying for her and just stood there with her while she cried, held her while she cried on my shoulder. Um, but don't ever apologize for being a compassionate person. So my point is that just because you see someone and they're going through a bad day or they're, you know, they're having a hard time with you or somebody around you does not mean necessarily that it's you. There may be something else going on in the background that you're unaware of. In fact, more than likely, more likely than not, there are some things going on 
that you're unaware of and that actually impact that person on a deep, profound level. So we all need to learn how to be more human. We need to be more compassionate. We need to be more kind and more understanding. Another part of this uh, that goes along with that is being able to talk to someone and maybe even confront someone without being an absolute jerk about it. I mean, I know I hate to use that word, but I've, I've met people before that just absolutely had no personality, uh, or at least a per, no personality to be able to, to go and sit down with someone and speak to them in love. That There are people that are just harsh, um, you know, and as an example, you may be at a family uh, dinner, or you may be at a funeral, or you may be at a reunion, and there's someone that you specifically avoid because they have no tact. And, uh, and then there are other people who, uh, Billy talked about this on Sunday, was um, people who don't know how to take a compliment. You know, it may be, it, it may, that may be an issue as well. So, but just there are some people you just, you just avoid because you don't like to have a conversation with them. They, they don't have it all together. Uh, they're not encouraging. You know they're going to bring up something that you don't want to talk about. And that, that happens to me occasionally. Um, and I mentioned earlier that this past week I had an opportunity, something came up and I needed to talk to someone who I hadn't talked to in two years. And I had to call this person to have a conversation. And it was, at first it was nerve wracking. I sat down, I prayed about it. I talked to a couple other people about it and I said, Hey, look, this has come up. I'm going to have to call this person. I don't know that they'll answer. I don't know that they'll speak to me. Our last conversation was, um, was not a bad one, but just we left the left it just hanging, and this individual has not wanted to have anything to do with me. Uh, doesn't want to talk to me, and uh, for whatever reason, and so for two years it's just been radio silence. And so I said, okay, you know, he, this person ghosted me, and um, you know I'm going to give them an opportunity to come back. Well, finally I reached out, and I, I had something we both had in common we need to talk about, and um, he answered the phone, and we spoke for I don't know probably. 20 minutes maybe 30 minutes and we talked about that issue at first but then he asked me some questions and I asked him some questions and kind of cleared the air a little bit and really it came down to just a misunderstanding of communication early on and the last kind of month or two of our relationship I guess you could say before it went silent was uh was difficult it wasn't either something either one of us had done it was somebody else had done something and we just felt it too awkward to talk about it or anything else and so uh it was good to break the ice now i don't i don't expect that we're going to have this conversation over and over i don't expect that you know this person's going to call me up from time to time and we're going to hang out or anything like that but it was just an opportunity for me to kind of clear the air and uh and it it's never easy to do that it's never easy to do that and it oftentimes, I'm not going to say rarely, but oftentimes it does not go well the first time. Usually you'll reach out and there'll be some awkwardness and you talk for a few minutes and then it's over. Um, we were just both blessed that, uh, we're both strong enough Christian men that we could put aside some of the stuff that we had the difficulties with. And really that is essential for being a child of God is being able to know when to speak up, how to speak in love, how to approach someone in a spirit of gentleness. And for as long as I can remember, I've had, actually there was a, a man, his name was Ralph, uh, and we, I'm not going to tell you his last name because you'll figure out who he is and where he's from, but anyways, Ralph 
had a conversation with me back 20 years ago at a church, and he said, um, we don't preach on Matthew 18 enough. And I said, well, I've preached on it a few times. He goes, I bet you won't preach it here. I said, I will too. I preached it the next Sunday, and I preached it several times while I was at that church. Uh, I'm not ashamed to talk about uh, the, the idea of going and talking to someone instead of talking about them or talking about them behind their back. And, and that's Matthew 18, 15 through 17 is key to conflict resolution in the church. And so that's a, that's a passage that needs to be studied, it needs to be preached, but more importantly, as in any scripture, it needs to be practiced. We need to be able to go to people and, and set them down, and then if it doesn't work, we take the scriptural practice of taking a witness. That doesn't mean take your cronies with you or people to back you up, just people that will be there to witness the situation as a mediator in the middle. And then after you discuss it, then you bring it for the church, which I believe means you take it to the elders. You let the, the shepherds handle it. Uh, and I have been in uh, meetings as a minister and also as a member of churches where an individual has brought something in before the congregation uh, by the way, by way of the elders and said, hey, can you help us handle the situation? Um, I remember my youngest experience was when I was um, probably about 13 years old. I worked for a gentleman, and um, I had worked all summer for him. Actually, I started in the spring, and I remember that we had uh, practice at school, and we had choir at school, and whatever it was. As soon as as soon as we got out of school, his one of his assistants was there to pick me up, and then he would take me to the shop, and I would work until dark. I mean, I would work so hard. Uh, it was a carpentry shop. I was a, a carpenter's assistant. And I would have to sand and stain and put together cabinets every day after school. And so I'm working five days a week, sometimes as many as seven hours, six, seven hours. And it wasn't like it was extremely hard labor, but it was difficult because you, you know, and it's, it's sandy and it's dirty and it's dusty, but it's not like I was having to hang the cabinets. We were just preparing them. And so another crew would install them. Uh, I only did one install on a house, but it was, it was it was tough and I was young. I'd had a couple of other little odd jobs, but nothing like this. So buddy, let me tell you something. It came time to get that paycheck at the end of the month. And I thought, man, this is going to be great. And, uh, turned out he had told my grandfather he was going to pay me three bucks an hour, which that's obviously not minimum wage, but I, you know, he was a friend. He went to church with us. And so, um, we then the next month, no paycheck. And so I worked for him for a few months, I'd say probably three months, four months, I don't remember, maybe five. And um, the last week of the summer was our Bible camp week. And uh, I had I needed $45 to go to Bible camp. And so my mother, my grandfather, uh, you know, my mother had talked to him, my grandfather talked to him, and he wouldn't pay me. And so finally, after going to him and, and then bringing in his father-in-law, finally the elders had to set him down and said, Hey, look, you know, you, you know, Ray's been working for you for several months and you haven't paid him anything. And they brought this before the church. And, um, he said, well, I'll tell you what, I will pay his way to camp. And he paid $45 to the church to pay my way to camp. And that was all I got paid for that job. I never received a single dime from him. That was it. Was he paid the church to let me go to Bible camp? And, uh, cause I had told him that I needed money to do that. And so that's what he did. And so I didn't get paid and I could have thrown a fit. I could have, my parents could have like sued him for child labor or whatever. 
and uh, we we let it go because really the main thing was I I got I got some good experience I learned to trade um, it was something my grandfathers both did and but we were upset I mean my grandfather was probably more upset about it than me and it took a little bit to get my grandpa stirred uh, but he was more upset than me because he was he was felt like he was, I was taken advantage of. But at that time, I didn't have a game system, so it's like I probably would have just sat home and watched TV or something else, and I learned some things from it. I also learned how to handle a difficult situation with an employer, Um, and I also learned that sometimes, even though you may be doing a job and doing the best that you can, it may not be good enough for the person you're working for. You may not be appreciated. So I learned some valuable skills that uh, I could take with me. And God blessed me ultimately in the end because he's given me you know, better jobs as time has gone by. So just all that to say the fact that I have, and I know you have too, dealt with people and you need to do it in a biblical way. You need to go to them. You need to set them down. You need to say, hey, look, this is what was agreed upon. This is how we were supposed to handle it. And it didn't get handled that way. And, uh, and I can tell you hundreds of stories just like that. When we look at scripture, there are so many stories of individuals who had to deal with difficult situations. I mean, it's almost on every page. Paul dealt with them by writing letters. He wrote letters, big, long letters. Uh, And that's why we have our New Testament is he wrote so many. uh, We we just have a handful that are in scripture. But he wrote so many letters to people telling them about what they needed to do to, to change, to straighten up. And, and yes, that was done in a very public way. Obviously, as an apostle, he could do that. But um, he took the initiative to call these people out, talk to them about the difficult stuff. Corinthians is a good example. He starts the book, calls them saints, reminds them about their fellowship in Jesus. And then he dives right in before the end of the first chapter. And he hits every chapter all the way to 16. Just boom, boom, boom. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. We need to be more like Paul in that we're assertive. You don't have to be, you know, uh, the type of person that's aggressive. But you do need to be assertive. And that's hard for us. Because we have, and I know some of you are like me, in that you, you don't want conflict. You want peace. That's something about our generation, my generation is that we don't like to create conflict. We like to avoid the limelight uh, if we can. Uh, And so you don't want to be the type of person that's out in front, that's constantly leading and telling people what to do. And, um, And you have to be assertive sometimes. And it's hard to do that without being aggressive, where you stand up and say, I'm the boss here, I'm gonna tell everybody what to do. So there has to be some kind of a heavy, uh, you know, kind of like a um, happy medium. So I suggest that you look at some biblical examples. Look at the way Jesus handled the Pharisees. There were many occasions that he just brushed them off or he would turn around and ask them a question. That's a great thing to do is you stop, think about it, pray about it, and then you deal with it. Uh, Talk to those individuals. Be honest. Be straight up. Be real. Be genuine. Be authentic. But deal with the problem. The reason why marriages break down, lack of communication. The reason why churches struggle, and they have conflict and splits, lack of communication. And I had one, one person tell me once, they said, I think it's because there's too much communication. I think that we talk too much. Well, it depends on what you're talking about. You can't, I don't think you could talk too much, but you need to know what you're talking about. You need to be positive. Talk about things that are good and wholesome. Look at Philippians 4, 8, that's what you're, and 9, that's what you're supposed to be thinking about. That ought to be the overflow of your mouth if it's in your mind. 
So, so reflect on positive things and then share those positive things. As Paul says in, in Galatians chapter 6, you do it in a spirit of gentleness. And we need to learn the fruit of the spirit. We need to learn gentleness. We need to learn kindness. Uh, and once we get into the practice of something and get into the habit of something and learning how to be assertive, then, then, uh, you know, it's going to help us to handle each of those issues one-on-one as they come. I want to, and I know this is kind of a short podcast for our, for our sake, but I want to share one more thing real quick before I let you go. One, this is, this is something I struggle with. Something that I'm going to share with you is that for a long time, Anyone who knows me, and I know I talk a lot, I preach, I teach, but when I'm not preaching and teaching, and I'm, I'm going to be real with you, I'm extremely passive. I am. And I mean, people who know me will tell you, I I love to have fun, I'm excited, I'm happy, I'm full of energy, but for the most part, when it comes to things that are, you know, where the diff, where the rubber reaches the road, the difficult stuff... I'm very passive. I let people walk all over me. I um, I have a, I have a hard problem with confronting people. I would prefer to just love on people. And I have many times got myself into trouble because I let people take advantage of me. I mean, big time. And some of you can relate to that. And so I had to. I I went to counseling. I'm still in, I'm still doing counseling. By the way, I think it's very very helpful. Helpful. It's it's therapeutic. And uh, I don't go every week. I, I was going for some time every other week and then once a month. And now it's a little more stretched out because things are, are much better. And I've learned, I've got the tools to do things on my own and how to handle certain things. But, um, but I learned in therapy that you have to be assertive. You, you don't have to be aggressive. You don't have to be hateful. But you have to be assertive because people will walk all over you. There's a book called Boundaries. It was given to me when I was at um, North Broad in Albertville. I had a couple sisters that they came to me and they're like, hey, you you know, you really need to read this book. And then I had another sister in Gulf Shores that gave me a book that taught me a little bit about my behavior, about my um, personality. And I'll share that. I need to do a whole podcast on that book one of these days. But we, we, we do, we, we're little turtles and we live in our shell and once in a while we'll pop out uh, to have to confront somebody or, or get us something to eat. And uh, so I, I have tried over the past uh, three years after going to counseling to be more assertive, to be the type of person that says, okay, look, this is my opinion and this is why. And you think when you become more assertive, you think automatically something's wrong. It's against your nature. But you do have to stand up for yourself, and sometimes you have to stand up for others. And we, we learn that behavior, those characteristics, from Jesus himself. Yes, he was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and he was silent for the most part through his trial. But when he did speak, he spoke profoundly in just a few words. On the cross, man, if you were ever given a pulpit, the cross is the pulpit. Jesus basically has seven sayings, and each one of them has profound influence on us. So when you have an opportunity to speak and be assertive, do it and be real, be honest, be authentic. And let's learn, let's learn better characteristics on how to communicate to people. Let's look at scriptures, look at examples, and let's talk to people about how to be more open in our conversation and more real with one another. Stop hiding behind these masks 
pretending to be somebody we're not. If we have a problem or an issue, it needs to be solved quickly, quietly, humbly, gently, and uh, and and soon, as quickly as possible. So, uh, anyways, all right, that's all for today for the podcast. Just want to encourage you to be good communicators. We're all communicators of the gospel, whether it be by our words or by our actions. Let's go out and do some good things and shine light into dark places in this world. Uh, Appreciate so much you listening and hope you'll tune in again next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and follow the Reynolds Wrap podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, and also check out our website at rayreynoldswrap.com. If you have any questions or if you'd like for us to address a specific topic in the future, you can write to us at rayreynoldswrap at gmail.com. Be blessed and may the Lord guide you as you seek to maintain an authentic life in Christ Jesus. Thank you.